All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Drexel Basketball Podcast, second episode this week. Uh, tonight, we're going to focus on the basketball over the weekend. I uh, didn't want to miss an opportunity to talk about three wins, because uh, and especially well for the men's team, two wins in a row. So uh, got to take advantage of that for sure. Um, but uh, before we do that, uh, Dan in particular wanted to talk about our conversation the other night with Robert Battle. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, great insight from him. Um, Dan, what did you want to pass along as far as that goes? Yeah, I just, I mean, besides he was a great guest and we've got nothing but great feedback on, on, on his appearance there. I just, I was struck by A, how sharp his memory was as far as individual plays and games 20 years ago, right? Like I thought that was just super cool. Um, and, and, but, and you look at a guy who, who kind of brings that kind of, you know, intelligence and intellect and, and work ethic that he has and he's talked about and, and kind of how well he picks up on people, um, when we talked about the coaching strategies, how, you know, he talked about dealing with each player individually and, everything, and not being a bruiser front anymore, right? That kind of days behind it, he recognized that. And uh, I just, I was really, really impressed by it. Uh, he's a guy like, well, I want to buy stock in, in, his, in, reti- in his retirement here. I don't know what he's going to do next, but like, uh, that's, 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 I think when you, when you talk about just intelligence and work ethic to begin with, but then the ability to deal with people, you talk about a real leader and anything he's going to do. And, and that's, it was just really cool, I think, to, uh, to have that time with him. So I really want to appreciate and say thank you to, for for him to come in and say if you haven't listened to that pod, please please go ahead and, and help yourself out by doing it because I, I just felt great at the end of it. Yeah, you made that happen, so thanks for doing that. And and then um, and and yeah, I should take a step back. Of course, I'm Nate. We got I'm going to go left to right. So I'm fair. Eric here, Dan, and then Bill. Welcome, first time being here to just talk about the team. So thanks for coming. Um, but um, but yeah, it, it, and uh, you know, I, I afterwards I was like, man, I hope I wasn't kissing his butt too much, but I mean it, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like I said to him, every, you know, every Drexel team past that I've, I've kind of, who's the Robert battle on this team. Who's the guy, like you said, the, the blue collar work ethic guy and leader of the team. Cause that's all I know. He's the first Drexel. That's the first team I remember. And the first player like that. So you always were looking for that player. And I, even this team, I'm looking for that, who that player is. So um, yeah, no, it was excellent. So um, anybody else thoughts of, that conversation the other night. Yeah, I mean the, the thoughts on on leader that 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 that's perfect because I think the guy I don't know if he's looking for a career in coaching, but I think he definitely has a possibility to do that at a you know at any at any at a high school or college level. I just mm-hmm. he has a lot of patience and he has the smarts to do it. Um, and just he, he's a student of the game. Here's a guy who's been overlooked. Sort of reminds me of Malik Rose in a way. Who's overlooked by everyone. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy you know Bruiser Flint didn't want him. Division one didn't want him. Uh, it proved everybody wrong. Worked hard. The student of the game. Uh, that I think it was between the sophomore and junior year was where he um, picked up, got more playing time, and it, all of a sudden he became a world beater overnight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, he's definitely the, the a good standard bearer for uh, for men's Drexel basketball. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was sitting there thinking, especially when I think Dan you asked the question about. Um, you know, with these days with the kids, one of the players want to transfer and, and the way he's, he, you know, how do you handle that? And how you, he said, you know, you learn every kid individually and kind of figure out what their, their trigger is, you know, whether it's, you know, you want to play professionally or you want to make a living out of this. And uh, yeah, I was sitting there like, man, this guy should coach. So, you know, who knows what he does, but not. Nah. And yeah, and exactly. Like you said it's sharpness that he remembers. I feel like I have, pretty good memory of games, but man, I mean, he, the players he, he named and, you know, you want to just sit there and ask about all the games and 
who knows what the next conversation is going to be like. But yeah, that was excellent. So, and you guys talk um, about you know uh, uh, we're not big X's and O's guys here. Uh, Bill, you're probably stronger than, than the three of us. But you know he the way he has seen three Drexel games this year. He said, and I thought he nailed it on every player he talked about. Now him agreeing with me may not be great for him, but I just thought he was just right on it with everything he saw from Amari, what he saw with Malik when he talked about playing within the system. We've seen Malik since that William & Mary game, much more in sync with kind of the rest of his teammates, and it's been kind of proven out in the box score. I just, I just, you know, he just eyeballing guys. He didn't know Malik Barnes' name. You gave him a number, and he had him called out, you know, instantaneously. He had, he had the full read on him. Like, it was just – it was super impressive to me. So, yeah, I think from a coaching perspective, that would be a great thing. Uh, but really, I, again, you put those skills together, work ethic and intelligence, and you can do a lot. Mm-hmm. Well beyond coaching, but you can do a lot. So, I'm um, – Again, hat tip, but we'll have him back. I know he was excited to show, you know, talk about the rest of his career, which is great, and, and I look forward to sharing that. But if you didn't hear the first part, make sure you hear that first part because that was great. Yeah, have your was, kids listen to it too. Go ahead. Sorry, about what you That's okay. There was, there were so many tidbits in there that, like, I don't know, we'd never know if we didn't talk to him. Like, uh, like he mentioned Malik Rose's brother was on the team at one point. I didn't even know that. I had no idea. Um, so that was interesting and just, you know, all the stuff about his recruitment. Um but also, he wants to work with Amari. He sounded like, or he's willing to. So, I don't know if Spike or anyone on the on the, uh, on the coaching staff is listening, but uh, make that happen. I mean, if you get Amari in there with uh, Robert Battle, that's really going to help him out. I, I thought his his talk about decommitting too, and and the fact that it wasn't Brew but Tony Camaris. So now, who knows if Brew talked to Tony? But if if anybody knew knew uh, you know uh, Tony Camaris back then. Like uh, not just a basketball fan, but just a guy who was a fan of every student at Drexel University. There's a reason there's a dorm named after him now, and uh, the fact that you know he he took the interest in, in Robert. Um, again, just another kind of we had it really good back then. I mean, maybe they didn't realize it, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a great story. It's a great off the court story to hear. And it sounded like same trajectory as, as battle in a way. And here was a guy who wasn't really recruited much out coming out of high school. This time's a little bit different because he's come from overseas. Uh, but he's coming with raw talent. Didn't play much at all in his first year, just, just like battle. And uh, same size practically, maybe a little bit, actually a little bit taller. But uh, he picked up his aggressiveness over, over a period of time. And uh, we, all, we all say that uh, – that, uh, Amari needs to pick up his, his aggressiveness a little bit. Uh, just needs a little bit more of that fire, but he's got the position. He's got the hands. And he made a comedy practice with what Cam and James. So yeah, I agree. Let's get him in the gym with, with Amari and, and see what he can do with the rest of this group. So, uh, but yeah, good, great conversation and we'll see how it goes if we can bring him back. But, um, but um, so we'll, we'll lead in. So Thursday night, uh, Drexel at William and Mary, and uh, won the game 72-57. I'll give my brief summary and then throw it to you guys and see what you think. Um, so, you know, I mean, game we, we controlled for the most part. We led 34-24 at halftime. And, you know, over the weekend, I, I felt like we started to show sort of that balanced attack. You know, I think out of curiosity, a week or so ago, I looked at the box scores from the CAA tournament last year just to see what we looked like in you know, really it was, it was like a team effort. You know, we had multiple guys in double figures. And so on Thursday night, we had five players in double figures, Martin, Bell, uh, Winter, Odin, and Brown. And uh, I really thought the big story of the first half was Odin. He had 13 points. He was three of four from three-point range. Uh, you know, 
something maybe to talk about in a minute. He, he actually really didn't play in the second half. He only played uh, 14 minutes for the whole game and five in the second half. Uh, but when he had the opportunity in the first half, he was terrific. And nice to see that out of him because he, he hasn't been as much of a factor here in the last number of games. Um, so, yeah, we're controlling the game. Um, and then, of course, uh, I think the big story of the game was Cam jumping over the scorer's table and didn't really know whether he had a head injury or it turned out to be a leg injury. Uh, and then, um, you know, so – and then I, we'll, we'll talk as far as him playing on Saturday too. But, um, but I, I thought – uh, Trey Brown came in and, and I mean, he had one turnover, but scored 11 points, four of six shooting, did a really nice job getting to the basket. And actually I think he, cause William and Mary made a run at us. I think they got within about five, but then, you know, we did a nice job again to the rim. I think, you know, Brown had a layup that I think it was uh, like uh, Martin and then Bell followed him. And, and before you knew it, we were back up double figures and pretty much back in business. So um, I know William Mary is a bad team, but, We've had some devastating losses down there in the past, so it was nice to go down there and really dominate a team on the road. So, um, so what do you guys think about uh, Thursday in that game? Yeah, I think kind of the Allen Boston revenge game, right? The, the the weaker team came into our gym and beat us, and our guys were amped up to go back in there. And then you you have them coming off of that Charleston game, which had to be disappointing. My guess is they stayed on the road all week, so they were thinking about nothing but basketball all week. I mean, uh, uh, they should have been pretty locked in going into that one. And you saw it. I mean, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well outside of uh, uh, Odin. And to um, what the, the, I hope, I hope Bill goes later. He got the Chris Fouch treatment. Um, he, he hit. He made too many baskets. He had to sit. So um, you know, I don't know what was going on there. Um, but the, the the I'll take a minute on the cam entry. Um, yeah, it was a it was apparently a bad cut to the leg, and because it was a bad cut, it, you know, a lot of blood, and that's why they got him out of there. Um, I think he did stay in the area overnight and had to, you know, he didn't travel with the team after that, but obviously made it to Elon. So obviously that x-rays are negative. You know, it seems, seems he seems fine. Played very well at Elon. We'll get there. But, um, you know, I, I do think the dude's got a lawsuit against William. Like there's no reason for some of those tables to be there. I, I've sat there. Uh, it's media seating and then 30 extra seats in case 30 extra media members spontaneously show up to Drexel, William and Mary on a Thursday night. Like there's just no reason for those tables to be there. And they're, they're very close to the court. And he clearly landed on something very sharp that should not have been there. Um, so I, I really I put William and Mary and their administration really largely at fault for this, um, and I'm, I'm kind of pissed about it. To be, to I, yeah, to be, to be honest, I, just, I, I mean, I mean, I I, I take where I was nice to see the hustle that you know that for me was you know, I, I made a comment. I'm not that I don't think he's capable of hustling, but you know, I, you know, everyone I, you know on the message board I felt was kind of down on things the following morning, and it reminded me I think compared it to. But Carson Wentz got hurt, and everyone's like, "Oh man, the season's over, or whatever." And you got to stick with it. I, I I don't know what he hit when he went around the other side. It didn't seem like the setup is too different from other places. So, I mean, I that's uh, a separate issue. But you don't usually see those is... tables the length of the court. Um, but yeah, uh, it, yeah. I mean, when those tables are at center court, how many balls go over the center court? You know, out of bounds the center court is not that often. But when you go towards the baseline like that, they were they were on the length of the floor there, William and Mary. And I clearly, like I said, there was something behind that table that shouldn't have been there. So, again, frustrating for me to see that happen. And obviously, a, a near, um, you know, a tough would have been a tough experience for our season. It's really great to see that he bounced back. But also great to see his teammates, you know, they, they took a shot right after he left the game. But uh, Trey Brown especially, I thought, really shined pretty well. Uh, he took that opportunity. So fun to see kind of the team rally and make sure that 
they finished putting the knife into William and Mary and and, uh, and and getting that revenge that they needed to get. And that was a big, you know, listen, William and Mary ain't great, but road wins are road wins, right? Um, so so nice one to nice one to get. And that's that's why you bring Trey Brown in, right? Like we haven't had a backup to Cam and it feels like forever. Uh, like every year it seems like it's Cam and no one behind him or you're just running someone for a couple minutes so that it's not a disaster. Uh, so Trey Brown actually came in, gave us really good minutes. Um, we probably, I don't know if we, that game's a lot closer at least if he doesn't uh, perform the way that he did. And uh, hopefully it's a confidence booster for him too. Like I feel like he got some minutes for the first time in a while. He's still only averaging like what, like four or five minutes behind Cam on, on average. Maybe he plays a little bit with them here and there. But, you know, getting in there and having to be more aggressive, I think could be helpful for him in, uh, in the long run. And uh, to touch on that Odin point <laughs> earlier, um, I said this on the boards too, like why on earth is this man hitting, what was it, four for five from three in the first half? And then he sits for the first 11 minutes in the second half? That makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. Um, start him or at least bring him in in like two minutes or something. Like the guy's hot, like get him the ball and see what he does. I've noticed this a couple times over the course of this season where one guy has really been on fire and then we don't seem to get him the ball again uh, in the second half. I remember specifically Coltrane in another game. I think he was like, you know, four for six or something or three for five. I don't know. Something. UNC Wilmington, I bet was probably the game you're Yeah, there you go. Um, And then he just didn't shoot in the second half. I I just don't understand why we can't. And this one, it didn't matter, but I feel like if a guy's got a hot hand, you should try to feed him as much as you can, at least until he cools off. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah, uh, it just seems like certain guys play certain times, and, and that's it. And it, I, that's why we, we lost to Charleston. But I, I was so happy because Coltrane had a big first half, and it seemed like we continued to get him looks. And I was like, thank God. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah, exactly. You have a hot player, get him the ball. So um, so who knows? But um, I'd like to I see Coltrane get more involved. He played 30 minutes. He only had three three-pointers, attempted, made one, took one shot from uh, inside the perimeter. And that was about it. Didn't really contribute terribly much. It's not he's he's an okay defensive player, but I, it's like I was saying, out of that out of that position, we need to get more production out of him. So I'm hoping in his uh, junior year we're going to see more of it. I, I think in general, from like the two slash three, we kind of lack a a gun. We have a bunch of guys who will shoot it if the shot's there, but we don't have someone that just like aggressively hunts that shot, especially from three. I mean, or can make their own shot. What's that? You know, it's all spot ups. It's all, it's all off of oh. pass, passes. It's all spot ups. It's nobody's oh, yeah, making their own shot sure. two or three in our offense. For sure. But even if you can have a I good... mean, X can get to the rim at least. But yeah, no, ex- that's that's a little bit different. He can get in there. I mean, um, but for the rest of the guys, like even if they can't get their own shot, like you got to be a little bit more creative, I think, at getting them that those looks. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, we can do, do that um, going forward. But we're we're shooting some of the highest. I think we're the highest percentage team in the conference, right? From three. Uh, and I, I don't almost don't feel like at times we're shooting enough or getting the ball in the right guy's hands. Yeah, we're still n- number one in the conference for three-point shooting, but I would tell you the last six games, I think, I'll pull it up now, but I don't think we've shot better than 32% only once, which was actually the loss to Charleston. So we've been, we've been I was going to talk about this later, but really tremendously cold shooting team. I mean, they wanted Elon shooting 16% from three. Um, so it's it's not it's not to live by the three die by the three dragons anymore, which is good. Um, 
but for for as good as they were early in conference play, they're they're just not not doing it right now. They're not they're not stroking the ball real real well. Still won four of their last six. So if if things come together, right, there's a little hint of things to come. The Oak Cruz is there. Actually, statistically, Odin, isn't Odin the second in the conference in uh, three-point shooting percentage? Uh, but really, they, they do miss Oak Cruz. He didn't play either game. And, you know, that that's his specialty. And with his improved defensive defense this year, not that he's great, but kind of a lot better. He's not, not a bad-sized guy. He's kind of long. Uh, definitely miss him. Yeah. There's a question coming up. Yeah, again, how much of this is – Coaching, not getting and helping us to create the looks versus are the players not, you know, looking for their shot? I don't know the answer to that question. But yeah, I, I feel that way too. It's like, I feel like, you know, and I, if at last I looked, you know, we uh, I, we're pretty low as far as attempts go. So we shoot a high percentage, but, and we were, we had a few games at, like at hand that we had to catch up on. So um, again, is, are we just not doing a good job getting looks or do guys need to be more assertive to look for their shot? I don't know. Or it's both. I don't know. But um, and I, I do want to point out too, um, Amari Williams had a big second half. He had nine points. And I know that was the frustrating thing with the first game, the way that uh, white really kind of took it to us in the post. And, um, you know, Amari had a really good second half. So really nice that again, the way we responded uh, with everything that went on. So, um, Okay. All right. Anything else from that game you guys wanted to talk about or anything? Okay. So yeah, nice, nice win for us. And and again, I, even though it's William and Mary, hey, you know, you take a nice win where you're up double figures most of the game. So, um, so then we go to Elon on Saturday, and then um, so um, yeah, I, I guess it, it, this may sound strange, but like. I mean, we, we were down at the game sitting behind the bench, and I guess I was still kind of like, ooh, I'm right behind the bench. So I was kind of distracted at times of what was actually going on on the floor, plus trying to take pictures and do some other stuff. But um, but the bottom line is, I mean, another balanced game. So if I had it right, uh, we had Washington, Martin, Bell, Winter, Williams, all were in double figures again. Um, Butler had seven and Brown had six. So, again, we had a lot of guys chipping in. We had points coming from a lot of different directions. Um, they had it coming from one direction. I, I didn't even realize the game at uh, Burford, if, I, if I'm saying that, I was having. He came off the bench and scored 31 points. Um, and then Graham, who killed us in the first game, he only had eight. But uh, they had one guy light us up. But I, I think, Dan, like you just mentioned, man, it was a horribly, horrible shooting game. And Elon in particular, I mean, they finished, I think, 18% um, from three-point range. But I felt like every time I looked up, they were even lower than that. I think they hit a few right at the end that made their percentage look a little bit better. And they shot 32% from their game as a team. Um, so, you know, bottom line is Elon shot horrible, um, but we were able to get points run up different directions and built a nice lead. Um, so we were up um, where I have somewhere of our largest lead. Um, but we were up like, um, we led by as many as 22 points with 11 minutes to go in the first half. Um, and, kind of struggled at the end like I said it made it a little bit closer towards the end we were one for our last 11 and then we struggled from the free throw line at the end too and Elon started fouling like really really early I want to say with like two minutes left uh, we, we finished 21 to 30 from the line so it, it sort of opened the door the game really was never in doubt Elon seemed to think it was um, but you know but bottom line is a really a dominating win from start to finish and really aside from the rebounding that was an area that we really struggled with and the coaches were trying to really 
kind of harp on the players like, hey, we got to do a better job on the glass. But overall, dominating win. We took advantage of their poor shooting and, and um, won two straight. So what thoughts do you guys have about uh, Saturday? Anything you picked up on? I mean, I think you, you covered a lot of it right there, Nate. Uh, the one thing I've noticed with with Amari, uh, not only this game but the last couple games, he's doing a better job of not jumping for every single thing that comes in the lane. He's kind of just being there sometimes and, and backing off, which is enough a lot of the times that people will just be dissuaded by him even in the lane. So I think like him not going for every block um, probably allowed him to not get beat on the board so badly this uh uh, in, in this game, but um, he's he's a presence no matter if he goes for it or not. But yeah, overall, I mean, I was impressed with, like Cam. I mean, he, <laughs> I wasn't even expect no one, none of us were expecting him to play. I don't think, and he just came in and um, you know he didn't have his his greatest game ever. But coming back off what we thought was maybe a season season ending injury, and the guy plays you know thirty four minutes. Uh, I mean, uh, and we got the win. So I mean, no complaints there. He's a warrior. Awesome. I'm surprised Cam went as much as he did. You know, I think I think your point, Bill, is well taken. We're currently, I think, Drexel's tenth in the conference in offensive rebounding and seventh in defensive rebounding. So I know we talked a lot about him trying to block the shot so much and um, ending up out of position, but we're tenth in offensive rebounding. So at some point, we're just a bad rebounding team. So you know, the guards got to help out a little bit more. I, you know, I, I, Malik does okay when he's on the floor, but when Malik's not on the floor, we're really a lost cause. And you need, you know, we can't be this poor. It's the weakest part of the game for sure for this team right now. And I'd really like to see this week the staff concentrate on that with, with two games where, you, you know, um, it's going to be important, especially with UNCW because they've got some bodies. So, you know, wanna, wanna, I really on Thursday will be looking for that because I think it's a critical issue. And we've talked, Nate, about Mari's got to be stronger. Use two hands on the ball. There were a couple of rebounds. I thought William and Mary that, you know, he, he lost that shouldn't have been lost. But – he just needs more help, too. Yeah. What do you think, Eric? Offensive rebounds, you said it, Dan. 18 for Elon, 5 for Drexel. Elon's not a big team. Uh, Drexel's bigger, arguably more athletic, but that that's hustle to me. They weren't getting to the boards in that game. What's it you said hustle? Yeah, there's one play that stood out for me. It was – a rebound came off the glass. Malik was standing in the lane. And he's he's a guy, if I think of a hustle player, he's one of the guys that comes to mind. But for some reason, he didn't go get the ball. And, I mean, it was one of the few parts of that game where a coach really got on a player. And I'm just sitting there like, why didn't he go get the ball? So there, there's some situations like that. I feel like the rebounds are there for the taking. For some reason, we just don't go after it. I don't know. But, um, I we became so reliant on JB that um, – He's not there, just sucking up all the rebounds that uh, made the rest of the team a little bit a little bit weaker. I mean, last year I think we had you know Bickerstaff was a pretty good rebounder too, um, so he was pulling in a decent amount. But um, I mean, between JB getting hurt and him leaving, there seems to be a this is a bigger problem than we've usually had over the course of the last couple of years, at least when we had JB. I want to say. You know, Butler's turning a little bit of a corner. Like, again, I thought he had a better game on Saturday against weaker opponents. But, yeah, you'd love to throw him in there and be like, he's going to take care of the glass. So, hopefully a role for him. We didn't have him, you know, play with the back to the basket as much. But but you hope that we see good things out of him this week. So, yeah. All right. 
Anything else on the Elon game? So I have us, uh, again, we had, um, so it's two straight wins. So I have us 14 and 12 overall, and then nine and seven in the conference. By my math, hopefully I got it right. We're alone in fifth place, two games up on Charleston, and then um, a game back of Delaware. So um, looks like we're, you know, the mid-pack is, I mean, it could work out in this conference. So we'll see how things shake out. So uh, I guess we take take a moment uh, this weekend. So we have um, two home games, including Senior Day. Um, and now why am I blanking on who we play? Um, we got UNCW Thursday, and then we have Charleston on Saturday. So any thoughts going into the weekend you guys have? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you're kind of locked into the 4-5 game. You know, I think what you just said uh, there, Nate. So there's not a whole lot we can do other than, you know, help UNCW be the one seed if you if you so desire. And as I, I don't think that they're going to play for that. I think that they're going to play, play UNCW as hard as they can. So you're going to go out there, you're going to play basketball. Like I say, I'll be looking at the rebounding. That's that's about it. Um, you know, senior night is, is historically always a tough night for teams to play. We've got a lot of guys who this will be their last college basketball game. It's going to be a very emotional day. Um, I was going through that earlier. You know, uh, Butler's definitely gone. I'm sorry, Malik's definitely gone. You would have to imagine JB is gone. Um, Cam, uh, House, Eurek, and Trey Brown all have a year of eligibility left, technically. I don't think anybody expects to see Cam or Yurik back. I don't really expect to see House back. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, he got the scholarship this week, which is exciting and great for yeah, that's, him. Thanks for bringing that up. That was a cool video. Uh, they posted um, to Facebook. So. Trey Brown's the interesting name to me. Uh, I, I want to see if he's out there for senior night or if he, he might be coming back because we talk about his uh, him getting an opportunity to play the point. You know, next year could be it. We're going to have a freshman coming in. We wouldn't mind having a senior on the roster. Mm-hmm. Let him split it up. So that's, that's going to be an interesting thing. Um, but, yeah, senior night's a big deal. It's, uh, I hope people got it today. I hope people honor um, all of these guys. But, you know, certainly Cam and JB, who kind of turned this program around. Um, you know, they're, they're owed great support. So, um, it's going to be a tough game. Charleston's not an easy matchup for us. And um, it's going to be an emotional game. Like I say, senior games historically, just in college basketball, don't don't go well for the, for the home team uh, for whatever reason. Um, so I, I view that as a tougher matchup than you think. Um, but I, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing these guys play the DAC one last time. Anyway, why don't you bring that up? I know I, I mentioned I had the unpopular opinion after Cam got hurt, which, by the way, I – you could debate whether he should have played Saturday. I'm glad he, I mean, Hey, it's, it showed a lot of leadership going out there and playing, but you could tell he wasn't hundred percent. Um, and I was actually kind of interested to see the team with, with Trey Brown as a point guard. So not saying he's going to take his job, but, um, but just to say again, I, to, to talk people off the cliff, so to speak, if, you know, it looks like Cam's good, but I, I think I agree with you. I think I, I like what I've seen out of Trey Brown. So that's just me, but, um, yeah, any, any other thoughts you guys have, Eric, Bill, anything you're wondering about this weekend? No, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping we get at least one of them. <laughs> I don't know if we need it. Um, I think it looked like in the standings that Charleston could maybe overtake us, but I don't know all the tiebreakers and such. So um, I'd like to at least get one of them, if not both. I mean, it would be nice to carry some momentum in the tournament, show we can win, uh, you know, multiple games in a row. What is this, our longest win streak of the year at two. Um, so getting the four would be nice going into the tournament, build a lot of confidence, have close to a full strength team. I don't know if Ocros is going to be back, but other than that, we've got, uh, you know, most of our players ready to go. 
So let's just hope we build that on that momentum and uh, get a couple wins. Yeah, I guess that's, you know, in how balanced we were, you know, this past weekend. And, and like I said, comparing it to some of the box scores from last year, it's like getting guys to fill into the roles, you know, like, so, you know, you take Bell, you know, getting to the rim, but being under control when doing it, you know, getting Coltrane Washington open threes, you know, we've seen um, Malik Martin has this new part of his game. And it's interesting what, what Robert Battle was saying about him being kind of out of control, but I think one way to, use that is to get him to get some steals and get out in transition. He's done that the last few games and we've been doing better in transition points after all year, really not being able to create some easy baskets. So, and then having Amari Williams, you know, when you need to throw the ball down inside, he can convert. So it's like seeing some signs of us filling our roles and being consistent in filling those roles. And then, and then again, then coach Spiker, you know, putting those guys, yeah, if there's a guy that you can really exploit, feed him the ball. So that's where he's got to come in with, with Odin, you know, leave him in there. Let him, let him prove he's not going to do the same thing in the second half that he did in the first half. So that's what I'm looking for to kind of see that, that kind of continue from last weekend. So, um, so um, yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I don't know if we'll make it down. We'll see. We've been doing a lot of back and forth to Philly and then making plans to, to go to maybe DC. We'll see how that works. So, uh, may believe it or not take it a little easy this weekend, but um, but yeah, if you if anybody can get down there, so um, all right. And anything else? I'll, I'll go through the women, but anything else, you guys, men's wise, you know, things you wanted to throw out there? No, just go into this, go into the last, into the postseason, healthy, go in with a little bit of momentum, you know, play hard, but don't you know, don't try to kill yourself on the scores table. <laughs> But be top six. I think you know you finish top six, and you and you're you're playing well. It's going to take care of itself, regardless of who the matchups are. Last year, the matchups we thought meant a bit were a big deal. Didn't really matter. You ended up playing a relatively weak Alana in the final. You just don't know who's going to catch fire. Uh, come come that week, it's one and done. Yeah, especially Delaware is what ten and five in conference. I, I, I mean, I haven't been that impressed. So I was surprised to see that. So yeah, I agree. It's 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 up for the taking. So. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens this weekend, but, um, all right. So we'll go through the, the women's game. So, um, and very nice to have Eric down there with us, by the way. And you watch the end of the game, right? From the the top of the. Absolutely. I wasn't going to walk out of that one. That was, that was something else. <laughs> Cause of course, yeah, there's a, a woman, maybe like a row down from us in a Delaware sweatshirt who gets up and leaves with like 10 seconds, whenever that lap, I think when Hannah went to shoot and I, I first thing I said to my, my wife and my kids, I'm like, I can't believe she's leaving right now. Um, and then you got up and stood up and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> we had I had somewhere. I had to, there were maybe 1800 people there. I had to be, make sure, I know the parking lot gets ugly. And I had to get out of there. I noted down in Delaware, you know, you got those early bird specials. <laughs> I thought for sure I was really going to be behind the trap. And, if, you know, I'm going to get stuck behind a 75-year-old at a red light. I'm in trouble. I'm not getting home when I needed to be. And you went to some concert, right? Where where did you go? I went to see Howard Jones. Okay. My favorite my favorite 80s groups up in uh, Sellersville Theater. If you ever get a chance to go there, it's a great place to see a show. There's not a bad seat in the house, about 300 people. Okay. Uh, you have to have a vax card to get in. So, it's I mean relatively okay. safe but nothing's, nothing's so you had an excuse so now, yeah no but um but yeah no but i hope you enjoyed it um because i know i did um so and and I'll try to give the readers digest so we, we basically i mean we dominated this game early it was 21 to 9 after the first quarter 
uh, I, I made the comment, you, you, this was our team hitting on all cylinders because, you know, Brugler had five of her nine points in the first quarter. Keyshawn Washington had 10 points on five of eight shooting. And then Canna had four points. So we, we shot 62% in the first quarter, defended well, and it's about as well as we played all season. Um, and then, you know, second quarter was kind of even, I would say. And then came out in the second half, more of the same. We were 47-32 with five minutes to go in the third quarter. And I, I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, are we really going to blow this team out? Like, and, and is this kind of the, the game we've been waiting for? Like, you know, not only are we the best team in the conference, but are we even like a notch above? Um, but give Delaware credit. Hey, they, they fought back. Um, they started bombing away from threes. Um, Skinner, she was two of four in the third quarter. She had eight points. Um, and then that kind of triggered them. And the same thing that showed up, speaking of rebounding with the men's team, uh, this, the second half of the first meeting, Delaware really hit the offensive glass, and they did the same thing in the in starting in the third quarter, then moving over into the fourth quarter. So um, they outran us on the offensive glass was twenty to nine, and then um, second chance points was twenty one to nine in favor of Delaware. So um, before you knew it, you look up at the scoreboard, and actually Delaware had a three point lead at one point. Um, but then Dan, to steal a line that that you used. Um, you know, about we were talking about Cam a couple weeks ago. Then the stars came out in the fourth quarter, and uh, it was kind of the Jasmine Dickey versus Kishana Washington show. I mean, Taylor Battle was in there too, but um, Kishana, I'll, I'll give um, Jasmine Dickey had 10 points on four of six, but Kishana had 14 points on six of seven shooting, and uh, just was just drilling all those mid range jump shots, every one that she got. So um, we hit five of our last seven shots. And um, just found a way, like this team always does. This was a little different in the fact that we had the lead and, and we didn't have to come back. Um, but, you know, just Kishana doing what she does. She was rightfully named uh, the CA Player of the Week this week. Um, so, and, and we still have that, that characteristic. We're trying to do everything we can to lose. Uh, Hannah went to the line with two free throws with about, I guess it was about eight seconds left. When we were up by one, would have put us up by three, and she missed both, which was kind of shocking. And then uh, Delaware had a possession to win the game, but defended well. Um, Jasmine Dickey really likes that mid-range jump shot. I think we decided she wasn't going to beat us with that, and they got kind of a prayer jump shot, which they missed, and we won the game. So, um, so we're now twenty-one and three overall. We're thirteen and one in the conference, and um, by my math, which I again I kind of suck at, but I think we're our magic number is three. So basically, you know, we have a two-game lead on Delaware, essentially, and Towson sitting there. So um, kind of in the driver's seat for the number one seed. So um, anybody, and Eric, obviously you were there. What do you think about, about yeah. the game? Any thoughts you had? Very impressive. I like, I like the flow of play. I like the fact you're not subbing people out every every two, 20 seconds. You know, they, they got the really, you know, the, the, the four big players out there. Uh you know, you look at Nihil, you look at Washington, they're, they're very small and they don't, they don't look, you know, they're not, you know, muscular in any way, but they, uh, they know how to play the game. Uh, I mean, you just, you see a lot of confidence when Nihil has the ball. She's, I've never seen a, you know, Drexel player with such confidence behind the ball. She's really amazing. Five foot three. I'm very impressed. And Washington, she just was consistent throughout the game. She had no fear. She had that great baseline jumper. I think that was the, the difference in the game late with about uh, 40 or 50 seconds left. You get that baseline jumper and that was it. You know, Delaware, um, Delaware just had no answers for her. as great as Dickie played. She was, uh, you know, very impressive. 22 points. 
I think, I think Washington's points were. And I, I, come, I looked down, I completely had 32 points. It was um, pretty impressive. Uh, but I think, you know, this, you got a lot of experience out on the floor. And I think with the experience they had in the tournament last year, uh, if they get back to the NCAA tournament, I hope they take that loss from last year and take it to their advantage uh, this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm always happy to hear Eric uh, or somebody you know in his shoes talk about this because Nate, you and I have been going to these women's games for you know just outside of 20 years now, but to have somebody who can't um, can't uh, doesn't necessarily see the women on a regular basis coming out to go to a game and say, oh wow. Like, you know, I'm used to watching men's basketball. And I just watched this women's team, and it was fun, man. That was a good time. Like, that's that that excites me about our basketball team this year because I think the women play both a brand of basketball and a talented enough version of basketball to, to make it fun. And and, and uh, it is. It's a guard-driven game where um, we're, we're with Hannah and Kishana where there's just a lot of speed. So it, it helps, you know, really, tra- I think, translate. Um, I thought – you know, I thought the front court disappointed me a little bit in this game. Um, I actually thought Jasmine Valentine would play a bigger role, and yeah, uh, she seemed yeah. to get out muscled a couple times. Uh, that Delaware front court, I mean, it's just a, it's, they're a tall team. They're a tall and long team for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, but I, I thought our front court really struggled. I only saw only four people scored for Drexel in that game. Mm-hmm. You, you go into the number one, you know, tied for first team on the road rivalry game, only have four people score. You're not going to win a lot. They didn't have a three until like the fourth quarter, I think. Mm-hmm. Like all of that working against you, like they were just playing so well in every other phase of the game, and their stars, uh, you know, they, they they were there. They they did. They shined. I mean, Kishan and Hannah both. I mean, I, I they, there was no answer. I think Battle put it best. Uh, again, this is what made me of him. He saw her like two years ago, <laughs> one time, and he was like, "This girl's trouble." <laughs> and she was she was trouble. She was the best player on the court. And Jasmine Dickey, Jasmine Dickey, I, it. it it bugs me that she didn't take that shot if I'm a Delaware fan simply because we could triple team her all we want. Nobody's got the size. Like mm-hmm. she, she just, just was shooting over us all night. So why exactly on that last play would she not pull that trigger? You know, I, I, I thank her for it <laughs> as a Jexel fan. I think Hannah Nihil really thanks her for it because mm-hmm. um, she got bailed out a little bit um, despite having a, oh, an excellent game. It actually reminded me of um, the men's team at Buffalo uh, in the Sean Brooks era. This is like uh, 04 or so in the NIT where, where um, Bashir Mason got hurt uh, in the last game of the CA tournament and Jeremiah King had to go 40 minutes. And uh, then the game went to overtime and Jeremiah King had to go 45 minutes. And it was like he played the best game of his life. He was just totally spent. Mm-hmm. And they sent him the free throw line and he came up empty and the team lost the game on it. And yeah, I've never felt for a Drexel basketball player more than I felt for Jeremiah that day. Like I, I it's a vivid memory for me. Mm-hmm. And, and when, with Hannah missing those shots, I had that flashback and I'm really, really happy that it didn't go that way. Um, so, so good, good for them. It was just a team win. Uh, I know only four people scored, but everybody had a piece of it. And, and certainly, you know, for all of the, the, um, I don't think the forwards had a great game, but they defended, they, they defended well. Um, Battle got hers, but, and Dickie got hers, but they didn't go crazy. They, they didn't go crazy. I think Dickie had like 22 points on 22 shots. That's the key. She wasn't efficient. I think Shana had like 30-something on 22 shots. Mm. And that's that's the difference in the game. You know, I mean, it was just uh, our star outplayed theirs. Mm. Period. You know, um, it's great. Yeah, it's, I, I'm trying to reserve. I'm not trying not to jinx, but you mentioned Dickie not taking that shot at the end. And um, I'm trying to say that in, in the playlist way possible so there's not any jinx in the future. And I guess the best thing I could say, I think Keyshawn Washington proved why she's conference player of the year. 
on Sunday. Um, now, hopefully that she proves she can be conference tournament player of the year because that's what really matters. But um, try to put it in a positive instead of a negative. And yeah, it's just, um, but uh, it's just, a, and it's just, you mentioned as far as Eric enjoying the game. I mean, and we were talking before we came on, you know, about at large bids and stuff. I hate those conversations, but uh, you just, you feel bad for this team. I mean, they, they, they have been incredible to watch and you hate to see again, one bad game and, you know, they don't get the reward they deserve, but, um, but, and, and I, I completely forgot the James Madison game. I'm sitting here like, Holy crap. We, we played a really exciting game on Wednesday night. And it's, I guess that, that kind of fit in with, and they came off last weekend winning, and then you're looking forward to Delaware. And I said, wait a minute, we're playing James Madison in the middle. And um, and I'll, I'll be brief on that. I mean, yeah, I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about one play of that game where um, – and, and it, it showed, and you talked about the size of Drexel, how small we are. But, you know, Hannah Nihil goes in, rips out an offensive rebound with like a minute left, and then kicks it out to Keyshawn and Washington who drills a three. So, you know, again, it's just, it was playmaking, it was hustle, it was, you know, a star player making a big shot, and that's why they have the record they are. So, you know, um, Jamie had us in trouble. They zoned us and dared us to hit jump shots, and we've been struggling to shoot the ball the last few games. Um, but, yeah, from that point on and then carrying over to Delaware, um, you know, just really turned the corner. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and just, Nate, one last thing here. I mean, you, you made the point they are up a game at a half in the standings because they have the tiebreaker over both Towson and Delaware no matter what happens the rest of the way. Um, but the remaining schedule is brutal. You've got William & Mary, who's not good, and they're at the deck. But it's a letdown spot. That's a trap game's trap game if ever there was a trap game. Yeah. They're going to have to show up for that. Uh, then they got three of the best teams in the conference. They got they got Elon, who's still in the RPI, a top 100 team. Mm-hmm. Um, JMU, who... I think uh, I think there's a legit rift between the athletic departments at this point. I think there's a real bullseye on uh, Drexel's back when it comes to JMU, and uh, and then at Towson to to end the season. Like that's a rough slate of games, uh, four really really tough ones. So a game and a half lead, they're going to need it. Um, I, I don't foresee them going undefeated there, but you, you know you may need to do better than two and two, and that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. this is this is not over yet. When I throw there too, I was, I was looking um, at this weekend. I thought, okay, you know, two home games, you know, lower part of. The, but I think both of these, William Mary and Elon, have both won four straight. Granted, it's you know, I think UNCW showed up for a few of them, um, and I mean, they've you mentioned their coach got fired last week too. Um, but four wins in a row is four wins in a row, and they're both battling it out in that middle part of the conference for seeding. So, yeah, they're going to come in hungry. And, and again, there's I know the conference you know, as far as getting at large, isn't going to get respect, but another thing this year that's been fun to watch, it's so competitive. There's no easy night. So. Yeah. It's a conference that really did disappoint out of conference play because you, you see these games like that was that Drexel Delaware game was an NCAA tournament level game. Those were two teams playing really, really high level basketball. Um, so, so you know that the kind of the teams in this conference are better than their ranking show. And I think you can say that for a lot of the teams in the top half of this conference, um, so, yeah, again, not easy. And if they get the one seed, they'll, they'll have really earned it. Um, and obviously, great to have home court. You know, you want to see folks at the deck. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a fun last couple of weeks for them. But certainly if you're Amy Mallon, I think you're you're getting in their face a little bit right now. You're not letting them enjoy this because uh, you do, you've got some tough games coming up. Yeah, no, looking forward and, to and March. Way, yeah. Elon, Elon, a senior night. 
Again, not only is Elon on a good team, but that's a senior night for, for our girls too. And then um, a big one with Hannah and, and the whole thing. So uh, just, just a really tough setup. Yeah. How about you? But I left this weekend feeling excited for March and not just for the women, but for the men, you know, two straight wins is two straight wins. They're road wins. So let's see if we can carry the momentum into this weekend. So, um, all right. Um, I was going to talk about, so that at podcast, I don't know where Eric went and he seemed to be the one who had the most, uh, the, the strongest feelings. Um, Eric, you there? Uh, I nice... think he's, he's got some uh, stuff at home. He's got to, he's got to worry about in a moment. So okay. that's all right. So we'll, we'll table that. Um, it just, it was a be like, you know, Eric Zomer appear, appeared on an, an NPR podcast. Um, to be honest with you, I, I thought, I, I don't know if you guys listened to it. I mean, they basically just asked him what's the definition of depression and, he laid it out as a clinical psychologist. Um, I guess the only, and I, I said to my wife, I basically, they said everything that you'd expect. You, like you lose a game and um, you know, how sports fans, it can cause depression, and anxiety symptoms. And um, I, the only thing I walked away from that. I said to my wife, you know, one is would that a factor? I, I don't think it factored in any of his decisions, you know, okay, I don't want my athletes to have depression because they lose a tough game. I don't think that happened, but I will make the point, you know, again, this last weekend, you know, yeah, we drove down to Elon and I learned this from you guys. You go on long road trips, but you go see Dale Earnhardt's museum. You go eat a massive banana split. Um, you know, if we go down to DC, I'm already looking to go to the Smithsonian museum and there's some things that I want to see there. So it's like, you don't put all your eggs in the basketball basket. You have other things that you see. So I, that's what I took away from it. So, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on that. I know you said it's been a bit, but yeah, well, certainly when you when you go to conference tournaments, and then Bill and I, I think have, have really gotten good at this over the years. We certainly go for other things besides the basketball. <laughs> yeah, for sure, hundred um, um, percent. But no, I mean the the cheap joke, the easy joke is that NPR had the whole nation nation a search, and when they needed an expert on losing in sports, they found Eric Silmer. Right? I mean, so they, they didn't go for you know this was an article on who won the Super Bowl, but um, no, I mean it's. Uh, I think he had a valid point, um, and, and and the sermon that I really wanted to give here, um, if I had some more time to think it out, but it was just um, I feel like the one thing is Juxtal basketball fans. I don't think we've lost a lot of games, and certainly the at-large bids that the team didn't get over the years were, were a little soul-crushing, right, on all of us, and there were individual losses and stuff that I'm sure both of you guys remember, and uh, it's not 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 a great feeling, but um, for me, it's the community, right. It's it's I, I get fired up when I listen to that because I feel like he missed the point of it, which wasn't necessarily for us as fans, the game so much as we had this great community at Drexel. We had, when that place is full, that place is rocking, that place is like, it's, it's memorable, it's great, you're part of something. And and that's what I feel like we've really lost over the years. Mm-hmm. And, and I do, I put that on him, um, largely, I really do, um, and his leadership and the lack thereof. So, um, you know, he, he got me thinking on a different wavelength, but it's one of the reasons why I'm really happy we're doing this podcast. And, and again, why, why I hope we have more guests and more Drexel fans and, and everything else on is because we're, we're, I think working to get that community back. And even if it's small right now, and even if it's grassroots, um, I'm, I'm really proud of, of this. I think Nate, this is one of the greatest ideas. I just, I'm, I'm really loving the format. The fact that guys like battle will want to come in on it. It's not like when I was writing the blog, you know, it was an independent activity. Um, and if somebody could guess right and hop in, and a lot of people did over the years, but it wasn't the same as this, right? So I really want to encourage um, the folks who are listening to A, share this with others, and B, come on. You know, the water's warm. We'll, we'll, we'd love to have you um, and just talk with, with this group of people because I think uh, ultimately when this grows and when we get the DAC back, um, this is, that's when we're really back. 
not just the winning, but when the, when the kind of whole franchise is back, when everything's running, when we're winning, when the stands are full and everything else, that's when I'll feel like, hey, Drexel's where it should be again. Yeah. And uh, we got a ways to go, but I, I like this. I like this little bit that we're doing here. And so, again, I just, you know, whether it's message boards, whether it's a Slack channel, whether it's here, keep that community going, keep talking about it with other people. Um, and I think that's that's really what that podcast, those NPRs consider this the day after the Super Bowl for those who want to listen. Um, but yeah, it was, it got me going. It got me thinking a little bit. Yeah. No, and I mentioned that when we talked to Robert Battle about, yeah, looking at the attendances from his senior year and seeing again, like the smallest was 1900 people. And now I'm looking at numbers like in the hundreds. So yeah, it's definitely changed. And now I, uh, I think I'll share is, you know, so we're driving from Elon to Quantico Saturday night, which is later than I wanted to be. It's probably like nine, nine thirty, And you, you, you know, we drove 95 past Richmond and, you're thinking of again all the trips we went on and the times down there and eating at Buzz and Ned's. You guys probably had more fun at the trips when I was down there with you. But even just going to the games, hanging out, watching a full, you know four days, four games on a quarterfinal day with you guys and seeing the bands and all that stuff. You just great memories. So, um, and I agree, Bill. Thanks for joining us. You know, and whoever wants to come on. So, and anything, Bill, you want to add before we, we probably wrap up here. Uh, but anything else, any thoughts you wanted to share about anything, team, whatever we're talking about? I mean, I think you guys uh, covered it pretty well there at the end. It's all, it is all about this community. Um, that's what makes Drexel special, I think, too. I, I know it's a small group, but, um, you know, we have access that we wouldn't usually have uh, if you went to a bigger school, you know. And, and just the, the team bringing people together. Like, I, I still see my college friends once a year, at least, every year for the CA tournament. So, um, you know, that's, that's amazing that that happens every year. That would, if we were just all like alumni, there's nothing really to bring you together. Like the, the basketball team brings you together, um, or sports in general really can, but in this case it's basketball for us. So, um, I, I think I encourage everyone, students now, alumni, whoever, you know, come back, watch the games, uh, get involved because it, it, it'll keep you connected. Uh, to the school for you know years beyond after you graduate so that's it yeah and, and, and dan and we'll talk we'll sort this out too i'm not opposed to guests you know but yeah as long as i just want to make sure we keep that our community first i guess i'm snobby in a sense we have a better community and i don't really give a damn what other people so but but either way um so as long as we keep that in i hope you know you said see a tournament i don't know when i'm going to go down there but you know, this was meant because of what's going on in the world, you know, to keep us together in some sense. So I want to make sure we hang on to that and maybe we'll see it at a game here, Dan. I don't want to put pressure on you, but because um, quickly, I, it's like just I use a comment just when you think it's safe to get get back in the water. As I've been posting, I came into work today and my boss, uh, the, the uh, medical director at our clinic, she has COVID. So it's like just as you thought, OK, we're good. It's still out there. But. Um, but we're headed in a good direction on that and, you know, we'll see how things unfold here, but, um, but anyway, all right. Anything else you guys wanted to throw out there? Well, Nate, as a, as a NASCAR enthusiast, I don't want to step on your toes, but when we talk about a Drexel community, I think about my old roommate and one of my best friends who's, who's working for Trackhouse Racing. So his, his season got started on, on Sunday there. Uh, the one in 99 cars are Drexel cars this year, everybody. So, so I'm getting behind them and, uh, excited to see, see some races this year. I meant to check in with him and make sure he found another job because I knew his team folded. So I'm glad they, the 99 is a cool paint scheme. I like, it's very colorful. I like it. So 
But same anyway, team, so. <laughs> new owner, uh, basically, is, 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 the, is the deal, I believe. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Eric. We're still seeing his wall, so I guess he's not coming back. Um, but we'll, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Have a good night. Have a good night.